Um, humans have a lot of different resources to go to, to express ourselves mentally and physically like gyms and sports for exercise and classes and jobs to engage our minds and jobs so we can have a place to earn things. And um, dogs, when we leave for the day to go do all those things, they don't have those things that we have. Um, and I don't think that that's really fair. So I think if we provide dogs with um, mental and physical exercise like we have, then they will be behave better. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I am talking with Alexandra Smith, who is developing a new tool to provide physical and mental exercise to dogs. Her automated agility course will make these kinds of enrichment activities accessible to people with mobility issues or those who don't have time to be home with their dog as much as they'd like. I loved hearing how Alexandra came up with the idea for this canine innovation and leapt into action, getting a patent, doing a pitch competition, and partnering with researchers and experts in canine cognition. The automated agility course is currently seeking doggy daycares as beta testers, so the back end can gather data from a variety of dogs and doggy caregivers. Could a product like this make agility more accessible? Could it make dogs happier and more fulfilled? Alexandra definitely has an amazing idea here, and it's exciting to hear about it in the early stages. Plus, have you heard about the Cat and Dog Bill of Rights under consideration in California? We touch on that towards the end of the interview. But before I press play, I want to tell you about a special limited time program that opens up next week. You've probably heard me go on and on and on (laughs) about how much I love Pinterest. I love Pinterest so much because it is my number one traffic source to my website. And by developing a really optimized strategy over the past couple of years, I was able to grow my website traffic from Pinterest 25 times. I get more traffic from Pinterest than Facebook or Instagram or Google combined. So it's definitely something that I want you to use to get pet parents to come to your website. But I know that doing my Pinterest for Petpreneurs online course all by yourself can be kind of lonely. And I know from experience enrolling in other online courses that I do that it's hard to find the motivation to do it all by yourself. So I am launching Pinterest for Petpreneurs live. It opens up next Wednesday, and you'll be able to enroll and not only get access to the six modules and all kinds of bonuses that are already in the program, but we're going to do tons of extra group coaching calls on Zoom, accountability partners, pin templates. We're going to have a virtual yappy hour kickoff party. It's going to be super awesome. It's going to help you get your Pinterest plan underway so that you can start sending Sending pet parents to your website. If you want to learn more about this, it is, like I said, limited time because it's a live program. So you're going to have to jump on this if you want to do it. It opens up next Wednesday, June 22nd, and you can learn more at wherewagrepeat.com 
slash courses. I'll have it open for enrollment for a few days, and then we will kick it off live all together, all doing the modules together, and then we'll have our coaching calls after that and into July. So it's not like you're going to have to do all of the work in one week. We're going to kind of spread it out, but by mid to late July, you will have Pinterest mastered. All right, now let's hear about Alexandra's canine innovation. Alexandra Smith is an entrepreneur from Rockwall, Texas. She believes that dogs need mental and physical engagement tools available to them at all times in order to reach their potential for happiness and good behavior. Her brand, Canine Innovation, is developing an automated treat dispensing agility course. Welcome, Alexandra. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here and hear about this really cool thing that you're developing. Um, why don't you Why don't you go ahead and just tell us what this product is that you're making? Um, it's something to keep your dog occupied while you're away, and um, it's an agility course so the dogs can get exercise and mental stimulation. Um, and each agility obstacle, like a hoop, hurdle, and tunnel has a motion sensor on it that's connected to a treat dispenser. So every time the dog jumps over an obstacle, they automatically get a treat. I mean, they can do that while you're away and it's connected to a software so you can command your dog uh, remotely and you can have the hurdle light up and command the dog to jump and then the dog will jump over and earn a treat. Um, So it teaches them uh, reinforcement. It, It gives them constant positive reinforcement training, um, which is proven to reduce anxiety and dominance aggression. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And, and it sounds like, so it's great if you're away and your dog can do it by themselves, which is just such a crazy idea, like crazy cool. Um, but it also seems like it'd be really great for people who aren't, who have mobility problems maybe. Um, and they could do it while they're actually at home, but they can't run around an agility course. Yes, that's a great point. I'm really excited for people um, who wouldn't normally be able to have larger dogs to be able to. Um, People who, yes, are um, maybe disabled, also senior citizens who aren't able to walk their dogs long distances now maybe could have a big dog that requires that exercise um, because, yes, we have the system. So, And I think that's kind of how you sort of came up with this, right? Weren't you kind of laid up sick at home and um, came up with this idea? Tell us about that. Exactly. Yes. So I was sick uh, last year for a couple of weeks and I have a poodle, a crazy poodle. And she basically is normally kind of well-behaved, but when I got sick and I wasn't really walking her regularly at all, she was just like, I was just taking her out every day. Um, to go potty and not doing much else with her because I was sick. And she just um, was starting to bark all the time and just act a, really not not her normal self. Um, so but bark, she barked at everyone walking by and sometimes just randomly just for attention. And then she would stare at me. So in order to combat her anxiety in that situation, I got her an agility course and a treat puzzle. So she had to move some plastic pieces to get to a treat. So I got that for her brain. And then I thought I'll get her some agility obstacles so she can get some exercise. Um, and with the treat puzzle, it was actually helping her. Um, I noticed, but, um, it just wasn't getting her any exercise. So then I would have her do the agility obstacles 
And it was just over and over. I was reloading the treat puzzle and then I would have her jump over an obstacle and give her a treat. And then she started just standing by the treat puzzle and staring at me or jumping over the obstacles and then staring at me, waiting for me to get up and give her a treat. And because like I mentioned, I was sick, I didn't want to get up. So I realized um, there should be an automated system because she really didn't care that about me. She just wanted her treat. <laughs> so um, yeah. So with uh, at that point, um, I... I, once I realized that didn't exist yet, I called a lot, uh, a lot of people. I said, Hey, have you thought about maybe an agility obstacle where a dog can automatically get a reward? And, um, yeah, sure enough, it, no one had done that. So yes, then, um, I called the patent attorney that day and actually got it, um, uh, got everything started with that because I couldn't believe that, um, that, um, that was like possible, but not happening. Right. Well, okay. Do you have a background in product development or inventions or does your family or anybody like, how did you even occur to you that I'm going to call the patent office and patent this? That was just my first thought because I watch a lot of Shark Tank and I, (laughs) and I realized it wasn't, uh, it wasn't out and I wanted to tell people, but I didn't want to tell people if, uh, someone was going to do it and it had instead of me and it hadn't been done because I wanted to do it. So, um, yeah, so that's why um, I, I thought funny to do that. You say Shark Tank because this seems like it would be such a good product on Shark Tank. I think that would be really cool. I met with the casting um, people, but I'm just not sure if I'm too uh, early at this point because if I went on there, I would need something to sell. But yes, yes. Um, and you know, if you're like a regular watcher of that, they want to know your sales data and yes. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a little early, but maybe one day that would be really cool. And then a lot of dogs could see it. And their family, I mean, of course, their parents could see it and order it. Yes. Yeah. No, the dogs will see it too. And they'll be like, Mom, we need this. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, well, so speaking of of Shark Tank, um, you did do kind of like a pitch competition that I was interested to learn about. Um, it wasn't Shark Tank, but kind of similar concept. Mm-hmm. Um, put you know, putting yourself out there and and pitching your idea. Um, but it was a 99 second pitch. And I'm just like thinking to myself, it would be so hard to summarize in 99 seconds, what it is that you do. So how did you even come up with that? I talked really fast (laughs) uh, and definitely I, I wrote it out actually exactly before. So I was just pretty much explaining that um, humans have a lot of different resources to go to, to, uh, express ourselves mentally and physically like gyms and sports for exercise and classes and jobs to engage our minds and jobs so we can have a place to earn things. And um, dogs, when we leave for the day to go do all those things, they don't have the, they don't have those things that we have. Um, and I don't think that that's really fair. So I think if we provide dogs with um, mental and physical exercise, like we have, then um they will be behave better because, um, I think if someone locked me up and I wasn't allowed to exercise or like think hard all the time, I might go a little nuts. So, yeah, Yeah. totally. I mean, and dogs, like we know that dogs need a lot of rest, but their life can't be all rest. They need things to do. Yes. And especially, I mean, depending on the dog breed, like some, uh, like poodles, a great example, if they don't have something to do, I mean, they're so smart. They're con- they need they need things to think about and figure out, or they might. Um, they're working. Dog. You know. Yes, exactly. They might make a job out of barking at every person who comes by. 
Yes. And that is not a freelance job that we want our dog right. <laughs> to take on. Exactly. We have to provide them with a great job that benefits both of us. Right. Right. And so you have um, kind of been consulting with some canine cognition people. Um, how does that, how is that kind of being integrated? I mean, I know kind of the whole concept of this is, is dog mental and physical enrichment, but how, how are you working with canine cognition experts for your business? Um, so, um, someone who's working on her, I don't I'm not going to say her name just because I don't know if she wants me to, but um, her, uh, she's working, studying canine cognition at Duke University. And I um, asked her to be on my team so that when I have questions about for like the colors of the obstacles and the sounds and um, the just anything that I need to know about dog behavior, um, she could help. Uh, she could help with those answers. And also, um, since she does research at Duke for canine cognition, I'm studying trying to improve the outcome of service dog training. Uh, it's very similar. So we're just figuring out, she's helping me figure out how we can use all the data um, that we collect and make it better insight for y'all, um, for you meaning the dog owners um, yeah. through the app. Yes, because basically we can time the dog's uh, speed that they react to commands and their height and things like that. But we want to see how... Um, what's the most fun insight that we can create from all that data? So that's, she's really helpful with that. Well, okay. So this part of this, so like you just mentioned that there's an app. So not only does the sensor know when to dispense a reward and a treat, but these sensors are gathering all this data um, as mm -hmm. dogs are going through the course. Um, and so you are going to be doing, or maybe you're in the midst of it, a beta tester program. Um, so how, how is that being run? Like, how do you pick the people for it? And how are you evaluating the data that you're collecting through the testers? Awesome question. So <laughs> um, we're still figuring out exactly. Uh, we haven't launched the actual beta round, so but we will soon. And um, I have a few people on my list from my uh, website that have joined. So those people will have to make sure to get in touch with and make sure they get something. But um, the... I actually am thinking I'm going to put it in doggy daycares um, first to get for the beta round so that those dogs can, uh, so that I can have more feedback from more dogs using it each yeah, time. So like each different dogs. Right. And then that way, um, say um, it's not very pretty yet because it looks maybe like PVC pipe with a bunch of sensors attached, then that's okay at a doggy daycare. But if it was going into someone, people's houses already, um, they might want something that looks better in their home. So I felt like uh, starting in doggy daycares is a kind of solved all the issues that I was facing. So yeah, what a good yes. idea. And, and plus the people working there are, you know, there's always someone present all the time so they can like observe it and, and make sure it's working and safe and all that kind of yes. stuff. Yes. Yes, exactly. Just since it's a new product, I, of course, um, want to, you know, minimize any issues that come up. If anything comes up, I would, yes, of course, love for them to be able to just call me and say, Hey, it fell over or whatever the issue is so that we can then figure out how we can stop that from happening in the next, uh, you know, V2 version two. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just like off the top of my head. I was just wondering, um, is this setup, this like course, um, like how much room do you need to do it? Can people set it up in their homes if they don't have a lot of space or does it have to be outside? Um, what are the constraints with that? 
Great question again. The first um, one is actually made for inside. Um, and so you could actually, my favorite part about it is that it doesn't take up as much room as you're thinking, because when you picture a big agility course, you think like, oh, you need a giant space Whole for, room. for them to do right. it. Yeah. But, but no, that's not really the case because if you just think of one dog hurdle, your dog can jump over it. You can have it kind of in the side of the room, but you can have the other one in a different bedroom and they'll run do one. And then they could, if you have them uh, trained to do multiple to get a treat, which is what I was going to say that uh, you can add, it's an add on system. So you can start with one, then keep adding them. Um, So it only, it's not like it takes up all the room from one obstacle to the other. You can have, uh, you know, just some in the corners of a couple different rooms and um, it doesn't take up the whole space. So just a few, just the space of that obstacle. uh, And yes, you can separate them. And then with the tunnel too, I guess you could make it really short and it's still the activity of going through a tunnel. Oh yeah. This is so exciting. Um, okay. So you, I'm also partnered with university of Texas at Dallas, um, for the development also. And, um, there, um, some of the students there came up with a really cool idea to, um, have it. So the outsides of the tunnel are hard pieces and the inside is kind of like a slinky. So it's kind of like a, a fabric kind that you might, a baby might use. So you can actually uh, pull it out like a slinky and put it up against, so it can go against the wall. Oh, cool. Yeah. We have just like a pop-up t- um, tunnel. It's actually outside of my yard right the second, because <laughs> it's been so hot here the past couple of days. I've been using that to tire the dogs out instead of going for like a big long walk because it really does tire them out. And, and my dogs, my dog, Bert in particular, um, we did a lot of training around the tunnel last year because I got him into this dog sport called barn hunt. And part of it is going through a tunnel. Uh, and the first time we went to a competition, he like refused to do the tunnel. Like you couldn't even like push him through the tunnel. Like that was not happening and you're not even allowed to touch the dog in the, in the competition. So <laughs> that was not happening. And so I came home and, and, and built like this thing in my backyard (laughs) Um, to try and like replicate it. And now he loves the tunnel so much that when we go to competitions, he does the tunnel like 10 times. And I'm like, you know, there are other things you're supposed to do in here. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. I want to see a video of your dog doing um, the competition. Yeah. I'll share it with you. Uh, Every, probably everyone listening here is sick of hearing me talk about barn hunt, but it's like my obsession right now. Uh, It is, it's really, it's really pretty cool. And you can see just how your dog lights up, um, when they're doing these kinds of things. And, and so I love how you're making it kind of more accessible and, and raising awareness because I think your average pet owner, um, might think that agility is too difficult or too complicated or takes up too much space or too time consuming or whatever. Yes. Agreed. And, um, that's, what's fun about this is you only have to teach your dog to jump over the hurdle the one time once they know to jump over it and you just teach them that they get their treat from um I'll tell you a little bit about how you can train your dog to do it um yeah, you can have us. them yeah, so you could have your dog sit and then you put the treat in the treat dispenser zone where the treat dispenser would dispense the treat so uh, you have them sit and then they get their treat from there instead of from you you do that a few times and then they understand then they start going right there for their treat then you have them jump over the hurdle and have them get their treat from there 
So they start going right there for their treat. Um, and then you can turn it on and they'll jump over, go there for their treat um, instead. And then they, they understand. So my dog, I was, that's something I was concerned about while I was building, building it the first one. Um, and actually you asked, by the way, if I had a product development or engineer background or something before, yeah. I think, uh, no, I don't. Also, I just called uh, a bunch of my friends that I went to high school with and said, who knows how to do this? So that's how I got people to help me um, with the first one. And, um, but that's something I was worried about was, will she understand to get her treat from there? And literally it took like less than five minutes to just have her sit a few times and jump a few times and then, um, get her treat from the treat dispenser instead of me. And she very quickly learned even month, probably six months went by that, um, I didn't do it because I brought the stuff to the school that's helping me, um, to, for them to work on it there. And I brought her to the school literally like six months after and, um, not, not even a question. She remembered the first time with a brand new dispenser to a completely different dispenser that she didn't come to me for her treat. She went there. Yeah. No, I mean, they have an amazing memory. My dogs, they just, they know there, there used to be a crossing guard who had like the best dog treats and she would give my dog Lucy like multiple treats when she saw her, when we were walking around and, you know, she wore like the neon green vest, like crossing guards wear. And so now she's ruined my dog Lucy because Lucy, every time she sees that color of that neon green, she thinks that person, if there's someone wearing a neon green vest, she thinks that person uh-huh. is a human treat dispenser. And it could be like a construction worker or a policeman or anybody. She'll like drag me over. I'm like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like she's yeah. just checking you for food. And they're like, oh, I don't have anything on me. And uh, I'm like, if you're going to wear neon, you should have dog treats. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's really funny. And so spot on definitely shows yes dogs really um it's not so hard to get them to understand uh that uh things like that so yeah especially yeah. if they're crazy food motivated like my dogs and yes your dog too let me ask you a question do you like figuring things out all by yourself or Would you rather have someone to bounce ideas off of and an expert who can help you achieve your pet business goals faster? I recently asked my email list this very question and 70% of you said you love getting expert help and having a community to support you. That's why I've decided to do a special edition of my masterclass, Pinterest for Petpreneurs Live. This live session of the online course opens up on Wednesday, June 22nd. In addition to the six modules and bonuses already included, this live session will give you exclusive access to group coaching calls, accountability partners, pin templates, a virtual kickoff yappy hour, and more. Pinterest is not another social network. It's a visual search engine that I've used to grow my website traffic by 25 times. In Pinterest for Petpreneurs Live, I'll teach you my exact strategy and support you to get your account optimized and sending pet parents your way. If you'd like to enroll, go to wherewagrepeat.com slash courses and find Pinterest for Petpreneurs Live or drop me a DM or email with any questions. Let's make this the summer that you master Pinterest.
So I wanted to ask you too about, um, you know, everyone, when they think of dog sports and agility, you know, a lot of us think of AKC competitions. So is, is there, is your course going to be potentially used in AKC competitions in the future? I would love, uh, for that to happen. And, um, I, I've had conversations with them, but they haven't, um, confirm that that would happen, but I definitely want that to happen, um, in the future. I think that would we're, be so we're awesome. We're manifesting that to happen. Yes, exactly. Um, because right now in those competitions, the human has to run with the dog the whole time, um, to go through the course, but actually with, um, our system, then it teaches the dog to finish the whole course on their own. So I think it'll be really fun to have a whole new, um, way to time them and new things to compete on. I'm excited too. I, I, I'm not positive about this, but I think that we'll be able to test not just how fast they go through the course, but how fast they like react to each command. By the end of the year, we should have this a little more developed where I can give more answers, but I'm excited to see what all um, we'll be able to test and compete, have dogs compete on. Yeah. Well, and I think part of those competitions, sometimes it's like a whole event weekend and this could be a fun, like little side event for people to just have fun. Um, you know, if people are spectators to come with their dogs and, and have fun with it, who maybe aren't, um, the ones who are like winning the course who already know what they're doing, but, um, it would be really cool. Thank you so much. Yes. I really, um, I want that to happen so bad. I definitely think that, um, it could, it could be a whole, yes, new wave of competition because also the agility, um, Agility courses haven't been like rethought and I mean, they've been the same for like a hundred over a hundred years. So yeah, no, this is like um, one of my gripes about dog sports is that they want to grow and they, and like in theory, they want, like, you're going to need younger people to participate if you want to keep growing or even stay at the same level of participation, mm -hmm. But they don't like, um, some of, some of the competitions we've done, you have to like mail a check in and I'm like, that's just <laughs> not making it very accessible to yeah. younger people. Just little things like that. Um, that's a great point at my, um, I have a side job also. And at my, uh, another place I work here in Dallas, they have a sign that says, um, the most dangerous thing someone can say is it's always been done this way. And I thought that was a really nice quote for them to have posted uh, because yes, we need to keep uh, just because something's always been done something way uh, a certain way doesn't mean that uh, it can't be improved by uh, the things we've learned over the past however many years. So. Yes, yeah, and I mean I think that those of us who pay attention know that um, what we know about dog cognition and dog training has evolved a lot in the last 20 years or 10 years, uh, and doing things the way, you know, training your dog, the way your grandfather trained his dog is probably not the best way now, just because we know more. Yes, I, I totally agree. And so part of, so part of your app and, and everything, all the, all the data that you're collecting, you are going to be able to learn so much more about how dogs, how they learn, how they choose to exercise when they're like left to their own devices, basically. Um, part, part of your product and your mission is to kind of like help dogs be happier. So how, yes. how do you measure dogs happiness? I guess. 
a really good um, <laughs> thought and question. Um, well, their happiness, I feel like if they're choosing to do it more than that will show us that it's bringing them joy. Right. Um, or if they're doing and, it more quickly rather than kind of slowly and avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they want to do it. And something else I'm really interested in understanding is, um, okay, because in school, maybe it wasn't always the same kids who are really good at athletics that are really um, quick at learning. So I'm interested if some dogs might take longer to pick it up, but then like it more and excel um, and even fat, even more than the ones who were really quick to learn, but then maybe they get bored. I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm not sure how that'll play out with all the different dog breeds, but it's something I'm so curious about um, yeah. because, because of yes, how in, when I was growing up in school, I noticed it was kind of a different group. A lot of times that's really ahead in athletics than is in academics. But since this is kind of a combo, I think we'll, uh, even though it's a combo, we'll still be able to see which dogs learn faster and then which dogs learn slower, but still, uh, took such a liking to it that they don't, you know, that they, uh, still excel at it. So yeah, I'm curious. And I think that the happiness thing is a great, uh, I think that if a dog is going to, if when a dog is using it every day, that would show that it does yeah. bring them happiness. Kind of like when I go to the gym, um, I wouldn't go if it didn't make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we know that like for, for people, probably for dogs too, like physical exercise releases endorphins, makes you happy. Um, so I think it will make them happier. Yes. And it will be fun for them to learn like, Mm-hmm. that they can do that on their own. Like that they can, like when we just go work out, like sometimes it's a hard decision to make. So we're like, Oh, but it's so comfy. Um, I'm, you know, it'll be interesting to see the dogs kind of go through that same process. Um, I'm really excited for that. And I bet there'll be some surprises. I always hear, um, when I tell people, you know, all the things I do with my dogs, a lot of people reply, Oh, my dog, is a couch potato. They like to just sit on the couch with me all day. And so I wonder if they had the opportunity to do things. Um, cause I think sometimes it's more so the person like sitting on the couch Yes. <laughs> um, and the dog really would enjoy doing some kind of tricks and training and stuff. Yeah. And even if, um, I mean, dogs just like earning things too, you know, it makes them yes. feel good to have won a reward. Uh, so I, I definitely think it will help a lot of dogs. They were passing, uh, trying to pass a bill in California that actually like mandated dogs getting, it was called, I'm not sure if you saw, but like a cat and dog bill of rights. And it no, was, but that's awesome. I was, I was just learning about something. I'm taking a canine enrichment course and, um, there was something in there about, about that basically. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like the same thing. Yes. It was saying that, um, I think there was seven different uh, needs. I wish I had had it pulled up or something, but that, yes. uh, dogs, it was like need safe, to have access to yeah, shelter, safety, physical exercise, healthy food. Like that's exactly what was in this course. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I of course thought of the agility course when I saw that, um, bill, cause I thought that, um, you know, two of those things, of course, the mental stimulation and exercise, you could leave, um, this with your dog all day and, um, it would, it would really help with that. So, yeah. um, I, and then also 
23 uh, million dogs and cats were added to the homes from the COVID situation. And now all those people are trying to go back to work. And so all the, those animals are struggling with that, with uh, not only are the animals actually struggling with the anxiety of being left alone, but also the people are having a hard time leaving them because of that. So um, hoping that this can help to kind of bridge that um, and make it, make that easier. Um, but I also hope that bill passes just because I do think that, uh, if someone realizes that a dog isn't being provided with that stuff, then the dog can, um, hopefully get moved somewhere that it will be provided with all of that. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been such an awesome conversation, Alexandra. I love learning about what you're working on and it's not, it's more than just a product. It's just kind of like educating people about how to treat their dogs. Um, and it's like a whole cultural shift. So it's really cool. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes. So exciting. It's really, um, I'm so grateful that, um, I thought that I was the one to, um, think, think of that somehow and that this whole thing has come out of it. I mean, it has been just, um, the greatest blessing and all the people in the pet industry who have really helped guide me when I, um, totally had no idea what I was doing. I just made this thing and sent it to a bunch of people. And, um, I've had so much support and it's been really awesome. So I'm super excited and I cannot wait for all the different dogs to be using it. Um, Literally, I can't wait. So how can people find you and follow you so that they can keep up to date about everything and when it releases, et cetera? Um, It's canine innovation, C-A-N-I-N-E-I-N-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N. Hopefully that was right. Dot com. Um, And yes, uh, there you can find a beta testing list so that I can, um, at least know who all wants to use it. Like I said, I think we're going to start in, um, the doggy daycares, but of course I'm not, uh, I'm going to at least contact y'all and figure out something so that even if it has to be after the doggy daycares, y'all can um, be some of the first to use it. And then also there's an investor um, spot. If anyone wants to get involved with that, I'm, um, raising some money for development and, um, yes, super exciting. All right. Awesome. Cool. Well, everyone go to canineinnovation.com and get on, get on the list, some, any of the lists so that Alexandra can keep in touch with you. Um, and yeah, thank you again for, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So everyone tune in next Wednesday for another new episode of the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. Next week, you are going to hear from an entrepreneur who is raising the standard for how we feed our dogs. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.